This is Actually You Are a Real Runner with Jacqueline Riccio. Hey, it's Jacqueline with systemsforselfcare.com where I teach you to consistently take daily action so you can create the life that you want. Um, a lot of people come to me and they want to talk about meals or they want to talk about movement, which I'm all for, right? I have I have Imperfect Eating where I talk about meals. Um, I'm actually going to have a program coming up called Imperfect Eating. And it's this foundational piece that if you don't have this, the other things are not going to pan out or they're not going to pan out how you want them to. This is one of the most important things that you can do for your body and for your mind. And that is getting quality sleep, happy sleep means when they wake up in the morning, they're not rested. They're not well-rested. Well you're more likely to be irritable, get into a, uh, an argument with your spouse or with your roommates, or when you get to work or you show up on Zoom, you're just kind of irritable and annoyed by people. Um, when you're not well-rested, you don't have great sleep, you're more likely to reach for caffeine and sugar and processed carbs. And Hey, those things are fine in moderation, but when that is like the basis of what you're putting in your body, it's just this like self-perpetuating cycle. Uh, Erica Tabor talked about it being a low energy loop. Exactly. If you get crappy sleep and then you reach for caffeine and sugar, eventually you're going to have a a crash. Um, Maybe you'll take a nap midday and it's going to mess up the rest of your sleep uh, when you lay down at night. You're not going to, it's just, it just messes you up. Um, Some other things, when you don't have great sleep, um, you're more likely to get injured. So when you are sleeping, that is your your body's time to repair itself. If you don't have quality sleep and you're not on a solid sleep schedule, you're more likely to get injured. Um, So you want to make sure that you're getting sleep. And then also I know too, when it comes to mental health, if you don't have a quality sleep schedule and you don't have good sleep hygiene, you're not, you're more likely to experience uh, higher levels of anxiety and depression and it doesn't feel so good. So today we're going to talk about how to get really good sleep, how to be a really great sleeper. It's going to help you feel good in your body, feel good in your head, move away from feeling gross and uh, start feeling good. Okay. So. Um, I wanted to start this by, I'll get into the steps in a second, but you can do a little bit more research on the science, things that I'm not well-versed in and I don't want to embarrass myself, talking about sleep, uh, about hunger hormones and how not getting sleep affects that, how it affects weight gain, how it affects your appetite, how it affects injury. You can do a quick Google search and read more about that, but really, <laughs> you're going to want to become a person who gets really good sleep, and we're going to talk about the steps of like practical steps that you can do, right? So I, my coaching isn't, it's really about the application. It's really about the implementation because we can Google all of this science and we can know all of these facts and we can know all, know all of the stuff and we can have all of the books, but unless we're taking action and unless we're consistently taking, taking action, all of the, those pamphlets, all of those books, all of that information, it doesn't mean anything. It only starts to become part of your life and it becomes who you are when you are consistently taking action. And then it's just like, oh yeah, I am a really great sleeper. Um, I used to not be a really great sleeper. When I was a teacher, I was so stressed out. Self-care just went out the window. I did not have good sleep hygiene. I did not have routines around sleep. Um, It was really crappy. Now I'm a really good sleeper. (laughs) I have boundaries and structure in place, and I do not let people mess with them. Okay, so step one is it's kind of a big step, and you're going to need some pen and paper for this. Write it down, and we're going to start with the big four 
the big fours force. I don't know. I'm going to name it something, but really it's your pain, your pleasure, your current identity and your aspirational identity. So when it comes to pain, we think we want to think about what is the thing, the physical pain or the emotional pain that we want to move away from. I am so sick of feeling blank. That's a really great sentence stem when it comes to describing the pain you you want to stop feeling. So it might be, I am so sick and tired of feeling sick and tired all of the time. I am so sick of feeling lethargic all day. I am so sick of feeling low energy all day. I am so sick of feeling gross because I'm reaching for caffeine and sugar all day. I'm so sick of that. I'm so sick of feeling frustrated with myself. I'm so sick of feeling frustrated um, uh, with myself because I have to take naps and then I miss out on like the important things that I should be getting done during the day. I'm sick of feeling that way. So that's the pain. Pain is often a bigger motivator than pleasure. So it's really important to highlight the pain. Um, I like to do a quick one, two switch when it's like in the moment, name the pain and then move over to the pleasure. Oh, right. Okay. I want to get rid of that pain. I don't want to feel this anymore. I'm so sick and tired of this. What do I want to feel? What do I want to focus on? Oh, right. I'd like to start feeling. That's a great sentence, Dan. Remember, you can write this or you should. I would recommend writing this and get it out of your head onto paper so it makes it real. Um, But the pleasure, I'd like to start feeling energized. I'd like to start feeling good in my body and feeling good in my head. I'd like to start feeling good about the day. I'd like to start feeling like I'm on a schedule or I'm on a routine. I'd like to start feeling whatever, happy, whatever it is. Um, so the pain, I'm sick and tired of feeling sick and tired, the pleasure, I'd like to start feeling energized, whatever that is, emotional or physical pain there. Okay. So pain, pleasure, I told you step one's a big one. (laughs) The next one is current identity. You know, I've been someone who just gets crappy sleep. I've been a crappy sleeper, not a great sleeper. I get so stressed out at the end of the night. I'm just, I'm just not a great sleeper. So that's your current identity, your old identity. And then your aspirational identity, name that. I'd like to be a person who blank. I'd like to be someone. I'd like to be a I'd like to be a really great sleeper. I'd like to be someone who ends the night and is just like, okay, great job. <laughs> Thoughts are off. Now let's get ready to go to bed and let's get ready to do this again. Or let's get ready for a great day. I just like to be someone who um, feels good at the end of the night who knows that they did everything that they needed to do and they feel good at the end of the night. So that's step one. I know it's a big step. It's a big step. The big four, pain, pleasure, current identity, and aspirational identity. Okay. Step number two, you need to have something to look forward to in the mornings. Okay. So a lot of people, um, they will they will be crappy sleepers because they dread what's coming up the next morning. They know that when they wake up, they're going to have to start their stressful to-do list. They're going to have to start taking care of the kids, and that's stressful. They're going to have to start taking care of their sick parents, and that's stressful. They're going to have to start taking care of their sick dog, and that's stressful. They're going to have to start their work day. And even maybe they like, maybe you like your job, but it is still stressful. And it's like, oh man, you know. I don't really want to have to start doing that stuff. If I go to bed, I'm going to have to wake up and start this whole day over. That was me for a long time when I was a teacher. I would like be on my phone all night, like like doom scrolling uh, years ago, before that was a term. 
I would be on my phone scrolling because I didn't want to have to wake up the next day and start the day over. Got crappy sleep. And then what would happen, right? Now I wake up and I'm irritable and I still have still have to show up and go to work. And now I'm just like a, an even worse person because I haven't gotten sleep. So you need to have something to look forward to in the mornings. I have my clients do the, the morning self-care, ses- self-care sessions. I have them read a book that they like. I have them write. I have them journal positive affirmations. I have them exercise. I have them move their bodies, uh, read, write, journal. I have them listen to music. Sometimes I personally will color in the morning. I give myself like five, 10 minutes of coloring. I, I, you, you want to have something that you look forward to in the mornings. Otherwise, you're going to keep putting off sleep. You're going to keep sabotaging your whatever we talk about today in uh, the six steps. You're going to keep sabotaging this plan because you don't want to get up. So you want to have something to look forward to first thing in the morning. And then you'll get to the stressful parts. You'll get to the, the your to-do list, right? So we said pain, pleasure. Current identity, aspirational identity, have something to look forward to in the morning. Okay. Step three. So you're going to pick your wake up time. So you're like, okay, cool. I'm going to do a self-care session in the morning. I get the gist of what Jacqueline's talking about. Or maybe you'll join me. You'll work with me in the future and I can help you with this. But if you're on your own right now, cool. You're like, I'm going to do a self-care session. I'm going to wake up before I start my job, before I start taking care of my kids. And I'm going to give myself an hour to do things for myself. Okay, so I need to wake up at 6 a.m., whatever, you know, whatever time it is that you need to wake up. Then you're going to count back seven or eight hours. So you know yourself best. You know how many hours of sleep. Or maybe you don't know. You know, kind of need to, like, test this out. You know, when I get seven hours of sleep, it's, it's still not enough. I, I really need eight hours or I need eight and a half hours, whatever it is. You'll have to test it out. But you're going to pick your wake-up time, and then you're going to count back seven to eight hours or whatever it is, and that's your bedtime. A lot of us are not getting great sleep. We're not great sleepers because we don't even know what time we're supposed to be going to bed. There's no structure in place. Kind of along with the um, the food thing, it's super primitive. That's okay. You can watch Netflix until 2 a.m. That's okay. That's okay. You can, you know, be on your phone until 12 a.m. That's okay. We're really permissive. And that permissive, permissive, per, whatever, that giving yourself uh, permission to stay up all night, that often turns into neglect. And now you're not feeling so good. So we want to have helpful boundaries and structure in place. We want them to be nurturing. Uh, You know, when I was a teacher in my teacher training, they talked about being a no-nonsense nurturer. That's basically what we want. You need to have a bedtime. Yes, even as an adult, even as someone who is 36, 37, I don't know how old I am, uh, someone in their 40s, 50s, 60s, you need to have a bedtime. And it's not because you're a party where it's because you're like, cool, I'd like to take care of my body, this one and only body that I'm in. I'd like to have a great day. I need a bedtime so that it can help me uh, get those things that I actually want in life, okay? So you're going to pick your wake-up time, count back seven to eight hours, that is your bedtime. Okay, that was step three. Step four, so you have your bedtime. Let's pretend that your bedtime is 1030. That's the time that you would like to be asleep in order to get, you know, good sleep and wake up at 6 a.m. and start your day. Step four is you need to have a calming wind-down routine. Now, what the wind-down routine does is it, like, it um, primes you to get ready for sleep. Don't go from doing, you know, a really hard workout at 10 p.m. to hop in bed at 10.30. You're going to be all, like, all hyped up. Um, don't be, don't uh, be on your phone for that last hour of the night or just doing something that's like keeping you awake. I know a lot of people talk about not being on your phones, the blue light, all of, you know, 
all of that, all of the thoughts, all of the anxiety that comes from scrolling on social media. Have a calming wind down routine. So maybe if you want to be in bed, you want to be asleep by 1030, maybe around 10 p.m., you're like, cool, we're done watching television. I need to go wash my face. I need to go brush my teeth. I need to go put lotion on my body. I'm going to go fill up my water, my water bottles. I'm going to do the, the easiest uh, water, water plan. I'm going to fill my water bottles up so I'm ready. So that's at 10 p.m. Maybe that takes 10 or 15 minutes. And then maybe you head into your bed. Um, you don't have your phone with you. Um, or maybe your phone is with you because you're going to use Headspace, but the phone is not there for scrolling. Technology for like your consumption, your eyes consumption, that's it's not an option. That's non-negotiable. Maybe you play a headspace or you play some calming music to help you go to sleep. But really, it is a calming wind down routine that primes you to get you ready to go to sleep. Now, what I just talked about in these last few steps, these are lead measures. So remember yesterday we talked about lead measures and lag measures. Lead measures are things, are daily actions, they're habits that lead you to that result that you want, to that goal that you want. So you want to be a really great sleeper. Um, you might not have exact control over how many hours of sleep your body gets, but what you have control over is you deciding to turn technology off, you deciding to go into bed, you deciding to like make, you know, do these actions, these tangible actions. This is what you have control over. So having a calming wind down routine is something you have control over. Step five, you need to proactively teach this plan, this, all of this shit we just talked about. You need to have a proactive plan. Um, you need to proactively teach this to your housemates. So I remember I was talking to a client and she was like, I, I live with roommates. You know, they stay up at night. They're watching television. They're watching movies. I always feel really weird having to leave because, you know, FOMO, I'm missing out on all the fun. And it's like, sure, this is like a, this is one of those, like, you have to pick, like, do you want to stay up all night with your housemates, with your roommates, or do you want to get good sleep? So it's like that in the moment decision. Ah, yes. Name my pain. Okay. (laughs) If I stay up and I continue watching movies, I'm going to feel terrible. I'm going to feel tired tomorrow. I'm going to feel irritable. I'm more likely to get into an argument with my spouse. Yeah, right. I need to my pleasure. I'd like to feel energized tomorrow. I'd like to, you know, feel good in my body. I'd like to get shit done. Okay, cool. So even though my housemates are staying up and watching television, I need to proactively teach them that this is important to me. So it's not just like, um, I would even say like, not in the moment, like beforehand, teach your housemates, teach your husband, teach your wife, teach your roommates, teach your kids. Um, This is something I've had to say to my husband. Hey, I have noticed when I stay up until 2 a.m. 2 a.m. watching television, I feel worse. I'm more likely to pick fights with you. I just feel bad about my body. Start picking up you know, different parts of my body in the mirror. It's really important to me that I get good sleep. So tonight, when I am about to go to bed and I start washing my face or whatever, I need you to just let me do that. I I it I can't have you say, like, oh, you know, you're going to sleep going to sleep. Like, it's really important to me that you support me going to sleep. Is that something that you can do? Oh, partner's like, oh yeah, of course (laughs) I can avoid a fight. Sure. I would like you to feel good in your body. Partner's like, okay, cool. Go to sleep. Right. 
So you, you want to be the one that proactively teaches these things to your roommates, to your friends. Maybe, maybe you have a phone call in the evening. You have to like teach people these boundaries, but that's like, that's up to you. You have to be the one that does that. And you cannot expect them to know these things without you telling them and teaching them and enforcing them. So if they are like, oh man, you do, you have to go to sleep. It's like, yeah, I do have to go to sleep. It's really important to me. I'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) We can hang out tomorrow. (laughs) And boundaries are really important, but you have to be the one that teaches them. Okay. And step six is get out of your own way. Um, Call out your self-sabotaging BS. You know yourself best. So that, I guess, that's kind of a situation. You know yourself best. Okay, cool. My husband is going to be staying up watching TV. I'm going to feel like I need to stay there. This The self-sabotaging thought might be stay up with him because if you go to sleep, you're going to miss out on this time with him, right? So that thought is going to keep you the same. You're going to stay up. You're going to do an action where you stay up, you mess up your sleep. So call out your own BS. Call out your own self-sabotaging BS. Cool. When I hear myself start to think about like, oh, maybe I will stay up. You're like, oh, wait, I'm doing that thing again. Actually, this thing is really important to me. I do need to go to sleep. Bye. Let's make a plan to hang out during normal hours. Let's make a plan to hang out on the weekend. Let's make a plan to work out. Let's make a plan to go ride bikes. But yeah, from like 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., I actually need to be asleep. So thank you. Call out your own self-sabotaging BS. Um, You might, oh, okay, here's another one. I know for a lot of people, when something comes out on Netflix, we love to binge watch, don't we? We love to mindlessly consume. We have to watch all seven episodes in a night. Okay, cool. There's some self-sabotage happening there. If you continue on with that, if you consume all of the all of the Netflix uh, show in one evening, it's going to mess up your sleep routine. You're not going to be that great sleeper. You're not going to get that pleasure that you want. You're going to keep experiencing that pain. So you know yourself best. Figure out what are the things that you have done in the past to self-sabotage, the things that have gotten in the way and blocked you from going through on things. Be really aware. Write those things down. So when they pop up, you're like, oh, okay, cool. Here's that thing. I knew this was going to pop up. Here it is. I'm ready for it. I have a magical action thought. I'm going to, hey, cool, actually just go to bed, Jacqueline. Hey, cool, actually just go to bed. That's it. Hey, go get ready. Go set the alarm. This isn't, mm, sorry. And this is, oh man, two days in a row I knocked all my markers out. Um, going back to authoritative. These are no, you're being a, a no-nonsense nerd. Good happens, call it out and just get right back on track, right back on track. So those are the six steps to being a really great sleeper. When you follow through with this, it's going to help you feel good. You're going to be, um, you're going to feel more energized. You're going to have more time in your day to actually get shit done. It's funny. It's funny that we pick at like 11 PM or 12 AM or 2 AM. Um, all of these anxious thoughts popping up of all of these things we could be getting done. We could we're like, we're like, Oh, let me think about the, all of these to-do lists. But it's like, wait, <laughs> during those waking hours, those other 16 hours in the day, it would be a great time to get to work on those things, right? But anyway, so if you if you stick with this, if you implement this, you consistently take daily action. You're going to help create the life that you want. You're going to feel good in your body. You're going to feel good in your head. Um, it's just going to help you all around. I hope that was helpful. Send me an email at coachjacqueline at jacquelinericcio.com if you have any questions. You can also check out the blog and the video that goes with today's podcast at systemsforselfcare.com slash blog. And then the last reminder is Imperfect Eating Mastery is a 
two month course. It's a guided uh, coaching course with me that will be coming soon. It's going to help you feel good, not gross with food. It's basically going to help you learn to eat moderately in a way that's going to help you for the rest of your life. So not just for two months, but ongoing when 